So if you are experiencing something difficult in your life at the moment, we can go into the chart and we can get to the root cause of what that might be and then give you uh, an understanding as to how to overcome it and alleviate it. Welcome to another episode of The Inner Portal with me, your host, Ella. In this podcast, we take a deeper look at reality as we know it and challenge our beliefs around what is actually possible in this universe. Through interviews and personal stories, we explore the connecting dots between science and spirituality and metaphysics and psychology, aliens, and so much more. If you want even more content related to the topics that we've discussed in the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at ls.holistichealth. And don't forget to follow the podcast as well so that you stay updated on new episodes. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the inner portal. How are you all doing this week? I have basically just come out of my own little bubble that I have been in for the last seven days or so. I've been super busy with my apartment. I've been renovating and styling my apartment because as some of you know, I'm about to sell my place Yeah, this apartment that I have lived in for the past eight years. And it's making me freak out a little bit because I have no idea where I'm going after I have sold it. I have no other place to live. It's not my intention to buy anything new. So I'm like leaving the the housing market. Did you call it that? Housing market? Whatever. Um which some people would advise me to not do, I guess. Um, But yeah, I just have this inner voice telling me, or basically more like screaming at me, that it's time for me to move on and it's time to shift the energies in my life and to do something new, to take a leap of faith and just trust that if I follow this inner guidance I will be safe and I will be held and cared for and yeah that everything will be okay. So in the midst of this inner turmoil that I'm going through I've also had to navigate my physical existence (laughs) so renovating my apartment which has been a shit show. Like everything has been going wrong. Everything that can go wrong always goes wrong when I'm doing any kind of renovation in my apartment. So it has been the biggest test in a long time to just maintain my sanity, basically, (laughs) to stay sane. And I had so many insights from this week that I'm actually going to record an entire episode about this (laughs) because I think it can be interesting for people to hear about as well. So yeah, that's basically where I'm at in life right now. And that's also 
why I'm recording this introduction to this episode from my just my regular headphones because in the midst of packing everything and like styling my apartment I put my microphone in one of the boxes that I can't find right now. I think it's in the attic <laughs> and I just frankly don't have any energy left to go up there and search for it. So bear with me. I apologize for the sound quality and I also noticed in the conversation with my guest in this interview that my Wi-Fi connection in the apartment isn't always the best. So it's lagging here and there and I've done my best to fix it in the editing but I really just I hope it's not too disturbing. I just want to put it out there. I don't think it's going to be a problem, but I want to put it out there for you. So let's talk about today's episode because I have invited a very interesting person who I came across a few weeks ago. Her name is Sarah Miller and she's a quantum human design reader with a background as a holistic wellness coach, meditation teacher, and she's also a certified yoga instructor. And today she runs her own business called Soul Stories, where she works as an expert human design reader. So she does human design readings on people and she also offers programs where you basically work together for a longer time to get more insight into your own human design chart. And for those of you who haven't heard of human design before, It's basically a personal development tool that is built upon um, a number of different teachings like astrology and the Hindu chakra system, for example. So it basically explains how we as human beings are designed and what we can do and how we can change our behaviors to live our best lives that are aligned with our specific design. So basically how we can live the life that we came here to live. And it's super fascinating. I first learned about human design last year and since I'm a big fan of most things that have to do with personal growth and personal development and really anything that can teach me something about myself, I was hooked when I started reading into this. And what I love about it is that it, I feel like it has a very modern approach to something that is very, it, it feels ancient, like the, the wisdom feels ancient, but it has a modern approach. And it's so accurate, like it gives you clear and useful um, instructions and directions on basically like how one can make um, better decisions or uh, interact with the world to live a more aligned life. And the little information that I got um, from my own, um, when I pulled out my own chart uh, last year, yeah, it really helped me a lot, just the, the tiny thing that I looked into. And I think compared to astrology, in my personal opinion, it has been more, I feel like human design is more about 
giving actual input and like actual guidance uh, and advice on things I can change in my behavior to live more aligned with my design. And I know you can get that from from a, talking to an astrologist as well, but I haven't done that. So I feel like a human design is a very approachable tool for anyone who likes to learn more about themselves. So um, in this episode, we basically talk about human design from a beginner's perspective because it's a lot to dive into. So it's good to just get a like a basic knowledge when you dive into it. So Sarah goes over the five personality types that the human design system talks about. And we use my my chart as a basis for the conversation. So to, to kind of give you an idea of the things that you can tell from looking into your own chart and what some of the things mean in the chart. So before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to say that if you want to pull out your own chart and have your own chart in front of you as you listen to this episode, I recommend you to go to mybodygraph.com where you just fill out your own birth information and you can pull out your chart to, to find out which energy type you are. And so that you can follow along our conversation a bit better. So if you want to do that, go ahead and pause this episode now and come back when you are done. And otherwise, you can just, yeah, I, you will tell a lot from this episode. And I try to make it as clear as possible for anyone who don't have their chart in front of them as well. And I will link the... Um, the link to the website in the show notes as well so that you can find it there. All right, enough talking. Let's dive into today's episode with Sarah Miller. Hey, Sarah, and thank you so much for joining me on the show to talk about human design. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you properly. Yes, likewise. I was thinking about it earlier uh, that it was uh, funny how we how we met and came in contact with each other just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, yeah. Through Instagram, um, yeah. I've been thinking about it for a while that I wanted to do uh, a podcast episode on human design. So, mm -hmm. I've but I don't really know anyone who who works with human design, um, and. Uh, I don't really follow anyone on Instagram either. So I just kind of put the idea out there and yeah, and then I dropped it. And then you started following me. Um, yeah, I love when that happens. And you know, I mean, human design is definitely growing, but it's still quite new. So actually a lot of people don't know about it at all. And certainly once they find out about it, it's hard to find somebody who's practicing teaching. But I think that our... The way we met was the a perfect synchronistic moment um, as we would speak of in human design for our types. So yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, exactly. And I think we should talk about that later as well, what that actually means, um, why that was such a great um, example of, of how human design works. Um, and yeah, I would love to learn more about that as well because I don't, I don't really fully get it. So I'm very, very excited about this. Um, Absolutely. I haven't um, I haven't gone much into detail um, with human design. I've actually just like 
uh, pulled out my own chart and read a little bit the mm -hmm. basics. Um, so I would love to get a full full reading sometime as well. <laughs> sure, that's where most people start. It's really big and complex and you start with one layer at a time and you start researching and then you find yourself in the rabbit hole and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to know everything. So <laughs> that's where it begins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the thing that resonated with... Um, with you when I found you on Instagram was that it seemed like we we had a fairly similar similar background um and I yeah I just resonated with your energy and and your work so I would love to learn firstly a bit more about you and your background and like how you got into human design and, and what you do today yeah cool thank you for asking so um it's, I guess these days, somewhat a standard story. I started in corporate. I am English and I am currently in England at the moment. And I studied fashion design at university. And then I went on to work in the fashion industry as a buyer for 10 years. And throughout my 20s, I was living in London and I, I absolutely loved it. It was such a challenge it was so fast paced it was a lot of travel a lot of learning I was meeting so many people it was really high energy and really creative um, and then as I had been in that industry for maybe seven years or something I started to tire you know and um, the energy was changing within econ the economy in general and one of my top values as a as a person, one of my own personal values has always been health. I'm a big believer that when you put your health in the number one position, everything else flows and um, anything else that you value in life, be it love, be it money, be it adventure, it all comes to you through really um, valuing and caring for you and nurturing your own body and your own mind. So I've always had that deeply somewhere ingrained within me and I've been a very sensitive being, I guess, that needed and wanted to look after their own health. And the further I was going into my corporate career and the more I was kind of rising that ladder and the better I was being paid, it was like, ouch, this is hurting my health. You know, I'm I'm traveling so frequently, I'm in the office all the time. And I felt that the my personal values were really out of alignment with the company values, which were not prioritizing my health in any way. Uh, generally, as I moved through it, I then I then decided to move to Australia and I actually moved over there and I carried on being a fashion buyer. But my priorities were becoming so much more um, connected to nature and health all the time. I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't avoid it. I couldn't step out of that mindset anymore. And the career was taking me in a completely different direction. So I spent about three years at the end of that career in a really, really toxic environment, uh, really suffering with my own mindset and my own health and knowing with absolute determination that there was more out there and there was something else I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So actually I was... I mean, I was really enjoying podcasts. I would say at that, at that time, I feel like they really saved me and opened me up to so much of what is possible. It was it's just incredible to be able to learn about other things I didn't know, but also hear these inspiring, incredible stories and realize I was just on the path I was meant to be. Yeah. So I started getting a lot more into my spiritual practices, a lot more into podcasts. I began studying on the side of work. I began taking yoga retreats and attending yoga and instead of kind of more hard exercises I've done before I started meditating 
And I knew that when I left fashion, I wanted to move into health and wellness. And I, I didn't know what that looked like. So I was in exploration mode and I was really testing out everything. And I was becoming so much happier, so much healthier all the time. Then I got myself into a position where I could um, leave the job. So I, I left my 10-year career, which was a huge, big decision. It was absolutely the best thing I've done. I decided to move to Bali because I was like, you know what? I love Bali. This is the absolute hubbub in the world of spirit, <laughs> yeah. health and wellness. And I love it. I just want to live on a scooter and live near the beach. So I did that. And while I was in Bali, I did, I mean, I actually spent some time between India and Bali. I was studying yoga, meditation. I was studying Ayurveda. I was feeling my way through things. Um, and human design that I had discovered sometime before on a podcast wouldn't, wouldn't leave. It wouldn't leave me. And I decided initially not to make the investment, you know, the time investment, the financial investment to pursue that path. And it kept coming back, kept coming back. And eventually when I'd... Um, when I'd moved through a lot of other subjects and I'd spent some time just recuperating, um, human design came back to me at just the right time and I decided to go into it fully and I've never looked back. So that I've learned a lot of things. I've been through various healing and mindset modalities. And for me, just for me, human design was the most accurate tool, the most unbelievably complex tool that satiated so much of what I wanted to know and um it's a tool just like any other but for me it's like it's the one that really hits home and I felt I could serve myself and serve so many other people with this information so that's where the journey began with human design and and my kind of life to this point I guess yeah wow <laughs> I um yeah, I love that. We we seem to have a lot in, in common. Well, we worked with the yoga and, and meditation and um, I've also been to Bali <laughs> uh, for some time. And uh, yeah, I could totally see myself living there as well. So I, I understand <laughs> your decision. So so what, what was it about human design that uh, caught your interest? And, and how do you also, how do you work with it? Um, today what you do today as well so human design is um essentially it's like a personality kind of assessment tool every person is given their own birth chart and you pull that birth chart together using your birth date your birth time and your location and then you get presented in front of you a birth chart and it has nine energy centers it has 64 gates there's six channels, there's an astrology section in there. And this system is comprised of Western astrology, the Hindu chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah and quantum physics. And it, it, it synthesizes to create its own animal, if you like. Um, and what I loved about it, I couldn't, I felt like my, I felt like I was, be given, I was being given permission to understand myself and to be myself and express myself. It felt like somebody had read into my soul in a way that I couldn't even articulate myself. So my initial fascination was with the fact that, wow, all of this is happening in exactly the way that it is meant to happen. I am designed this way. Those parts of myself I don't understand, it's in there for a reason. And now I can articulate that reason. Um, 
human design mostly speaks into energy. So it's got a lot to do with energy and how to manage your energy. And um, there are five energy types and all of the five energy types have a different way of using their energy and they each have a different higher purpose in the world. So even if you just begin there with which one your energy type is, you get an awful lot of insight into understanding yourself, certain challenges you face, the certain uh, gifts that you have and the way that you manage your energy. So that in itself was just this huge, huge uh, in-depth exploration into who I am. I'm one of the more rare types. So it, it was like aha after aha. And then as you go further into the chart, you can understand and bring yourself into emotional alignment. Then it speaks of your higher purpose. Then it speaks into the challenges that you faced in life and why they might be there. So if you are experiencing something difficult in your life at the moment, we can go into the chart and we can get to the root cause of what that might be and then give you uh, an understanding as to how to overcome it and alleviate it. So really the reason I was drawn into it is because of all of that depth and wisdom and understanding and the complete accuracy of how it works. Um, and then when I started looking into friends and family and other people around me, I found that it was exactly the same. And I found, wow, if everybody could know this about themselves and give themselves that permission, that break, that level of empathy, uh, we could all we could all be more content. Ultimately, it helps you do things like, yes, it will help you find your purpose. It will help you to um, understand your challenges and bring yourself into emotional alignment. But ultimately, the, self, the level of self-acceptance in there when you understand yourself and you understand how you are different to people around you, for me, is the ticket. I believe after my journey and everything I've done that the, um, the key to actually fulfillment and happiness and success, I believe comes from self-awareness. And this is like the ultimate tool of self-awareness. So that's really what I, I love about it. And you'll be pleased to know that in my own human design chart, I'm an investigator and I'm somebody that needs to understand other people to understand myself. So, you know, all adds, all adds up. Um, how, how I use it now is really in a kind of uh, a coaching capacity. So a lot of people are just super interested when they first hear about it. They just want to know everything that their chart says. And, it, you know, they want to have this reading that feels almost like a psychic reading. So I give people one on one, just uh, an initial reading for them to go into it and to explore its magic and understand themselves and then see how they want to integrate that into their life. But I also work with people on a more of a mentoring basis, which is let's integrate this on a longer term basis. Let's get to the bottom of the blocks that you're experiencing at the moment. Let's give them their higher purpose and meaning and let's stay together while we journey through that process. But um, people are doing incredible things with human design. There's actually a few practitioners popping up and everybody's using it in such different ways. I've got lots of ideas as to how I'll be moving into the future over the next 12 months. Uh, but people really are doing very creative things with it and that's amazing to see. What could that be, an example of a, a creative thing, like how you can use your human design chart information? So what are people doing? People are setting up their own mini subscriptions in schools. So you could subscribe to somebody who will, if you're this kind of person, give you the nuts and bolts of human design. If you yourself want to actually know the complete ins and outs and study the depth of the chart, people are, some people are taking that approach. 
Some people are giving you the option to join, you know, group programs uh, that are business focused. So if you are solely looking to scale and grow your business, you can do that with a human design focus, which means that you are growing your business in a way that is right for you as opposed to right for the business coach or right for, you know, anybody else that might exist. It's, it's a much more niche and bespoke way of giving somebody a coaching service, if you like, in any modality, maybe coaching for business, maybe for something else. People are bringing it to life with uh, art, this kind of thing, which I absolutely love because it's a hugely complex subject. But our job as a practitioner is to distill it down and make it bite-sized and manageable for everybody else. So, Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I um like I told you earlier and when we talked as well that I have only just like scratched the surface but from the little information that I got when I pulled out my own chart uh just like the one thing that I read that resonated a lot with me um has made a huge difference in my life actually just by mm -hmm. trying to follow follow that reminder and guidance so can I ask what it was uh, yeah, to respond. Um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we will talk more about that as well mm -hmm. um, later on. Yeah. Um, but first, I just wanted to ask you as well because I know that you um, the the human design that you work with is quantum. It's called quantum human design. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 differs between um, traditional human design or how you want to say it and quantum human design it's well observed because not many people actually pick that out to be honest um Ra Uruhu was the founder of human design and uh, the system was founded in 1987 and traditional human design was founded through this man whose life's journey for the rest of his life he passed in 2011 was to share the system he had within his chart an element of what we call shock and surprise and initiation. His job at that time was to actually wake up the planet through shocking them into understanding that their behaviors were, were, were poor and were leading to an unconscious society. So that was the job and he did it incredibly. Like I've listened to so much of his teachings and he, he really had this kind of humorous way of shocking people into hearing what he was saying. In that, the traditional human design system was written, was written, if you like, for the not self. And the not self is human design speaks into us being our natural soulful self. And then it speak to, speaks into our conditioning, the experiences that we've had. So it talks very much about the fact that yes, you are this um, enlightened being that has this higher purpose, but actually most of the time, a lot of us, much of the world is living and playing into the not self, which means their conditioned self, which means they're playing into the negative expression of certain energies that live in their chart. So at that time on the planet, the, the system was founded to be spoken into the not self because most of the planet was walking around in this kind of sleep unconscious state of not really understanding who they were. So my teacher actually uh, was part of Ra'uruhu's student base. She's been with him since the beginning and I adore her and she's incredible. And she's also been able because she, you know, she has outlived Ra and she's one of his students that has now brought 
uh, quantum human design into the new era, if you like. So she is somebody that's been able to take all of the traditional teachings and now speak to a conscious human and now speak to people who are waking up and who have woken up. And the fact that the collective as a whole is becoming so much more enlightened, so much more conscious, so much more you know, aware ethically um, and aware of their own emotions and energy and feelings and higher purpose, this is what quantum human design for. It has complete respect and understanding and depth for where we've been. And now it says, but where are we going and what can we achieve with this energy? Um, because let's focus forward. And so the language is changing around the language that she's using is she, we can now look into the negative expression and the high expression. So we know when we're unbalanced and we know when we're balanced. And I love that. So Yeah, I love that too. It feels feels uh, like a very modern approach and I think most people who are in the spiritual community but also I think people in general are noticing a shift in in our society and on the planet that people are slowly becoming more aware um, and waking up and uh, yeah I think it's good to um, to also update these teachings of course to be aligned with the energies on the planet. Absolutely. It's all just evolution. And the human design chart evolves and changes all the time. The number of energy energy types that we have changes. The, the channels and the centers in the chart have been through one change and they will go through another, another one in 2027. And this happens as we as humans need something different. Um, there's an energy, for example, in the chart that relates to food. And it it speaks into the fact that we used to be human beings that needed meat for various reasons, and it grounded us into the earth. We're actually evolving into a species that will gradually, slowly come away from that need for meat. And this is why you are now seeing more vegans, more vegetarians um, occurring in society, because we are coming away from our need for meat. And everything really shows up in the chart in as that is a part of the human experience um and it is it's all just evolution that's so cool yeah <laughs> um so i was thinking about these five uh, energy types that you talked about um because they are sort of the foundation for for human design right so if you can just yes. like give um uh, or share a little bit about like the main traits of these five energy types yeah, so you've got the manifesto is around 9% of the population, so they're really rare. Um, the manifestors were traditionally kings and queens, chiefs, leaders of the pack. And obviously evolution means that there is no one leader or chief anymore, but you often find that manifestors do occupy this role of CEO uh, very well. And they have a kind of natural power that presents in their aura. Um, this for the manifesto can be both a challenge and also the part of them that makes them unique and brilliant because people can have a tendency to want to resist that power um, and feel very conscious and aware of it. Their role, now the manifesto is very unique because all of the other types are what we call waiting types. And I'll go into that later, but the manifestors are designed to initiate change. And they are designed without waiting from any validation from the world around them to have a spark of insight or intuition or an idea that essentially 
pops into their body. And I say body because it's not always logical. It's not always related to language. It is something that is delivered into their body from the quantum field. And their job is to understand their own alignment so well and to be so in tune with their own timing uh, that they feel confident to take that idea and manifest it into reality. And the way that they do that is their role is very much to initiate and then to delegate. And that's why I say that they can sometimes be comfortable in that seat of being a CEO. It doesn't need to be masculine or dominant at all. You can get the most gentle, soft, sweet, feminine manifestors, but it's very much about being in alignment with their intuition and then taking the steps to create the change. So they can be very fast movers. You you might know a manifesto because when they do have an idea, it could be the smallest thing. They jump up out their seat and they go and do it straight away. And everyone's like, whoa, what, what just happened? You know, so that's a manifesto. Um, the generators, which is your type. So the generators are the largest. They make up around 37% of the population. And I like to think of these guys as kind of like the sun. You guys are very much designed to do the work of the world. You have this. Uh, one of the centers in the body is called the sacral center. And this is a really powerful motor and it represents work and life force. So you guys have this sustainable energy for workforce, for reproduction, for everything that it means to keep the world turning. And the reason that there are so many of you is because without your energy, we wouldn't be able to get through the work of the world. So generators are the people that always want to be in motion, always want to be doing something, always want to be productive. It's essential for the generator that in their life, they find their correct hobby or work or passions because their energy is like this hugely powerful source. But if they find themselves uh, using it in the wrong place too often, they actually become depleted because there's nothing harder for a generator than finding themselves trapped in a situation whereby their energy is being used in a in an unjoyful unproductive way so generators need to be in harmony with their passions and their hobbies in their life they find it really hard to just sit still and not do something they're the creators they're very much the creators and they tend to have I find this really kind of bubbly uh energized uh aura and they're really able to capably kind of manage a room when they're feeling energized so when when a generator is happy you kind of notice that they have the capability to bring everybody else into that joy into that spark with them um then you've got the manifesting generators so these guys are 33 percent and they are a combination of the manifester and the generator Altogether, now you'll notice you're getting 70% of generator types, which are the worker bees. Um, so the rest, the other 30% of the population can be very conditioned by the generator energy because we're always in that sacral energy. We're conditioned to believe there's only one way of working and that working hard is, is it. So the other types are very vulnerable to conditioning from the generators. Um, Manifesting generators, they are, these guys are like the fastest moving multitaskers. They have high energy. They have the ability to initiate, but they actually need to wait just like the generator. And this for them is a challenge. Uh, they're extremely capable and they are designed to have interest in many things. 
So their, their key is variety and is in working really efficiently and figuring out how to skip steps so that we can speed up the creation process. So manifesting generators just need to learn that they have a significant amount of energy needs that need to be burnt every single day. Sometimes what they're doing doesn't need to bear fruit, doesn't need to be successful or make it to the finish, finish line. They simply need to be burning this energy and expressing it in all of the ways of variety that come to them. And this for them is where their conditioning is around people saying to them, you know, slow down or do less things. Why don't you finish anything? They don't need to. Their energy needs are so dramatically different to everybody else's that they need to understand and learn to connect with what, what lights them up, what makes them feel good and just really beat their own, carve their own path in that way. Um, you have the projectors. So I, I'm a projector and there's around 20% of the projectors. And the projectors are natural guides and they're sort of gentle leaders. They're generally more strategic. Um, they can be, they're designed to be really wise about energy and to help other people be wise about their energy. So this is because the projector has an unsustainable energy source and is often carrying into their body the energy of other people and becoming conditioned by that but what they may or may not realize as they are you know growing up in this conditioned society is that the projector needs to take cycles of rest and they can work very efficiently and very quickly and they can get the get the job done but if they're not resting and nurturing their energy and decompressing from the energy of the world around them they can start to they can slow down they can retreat they can feel a little bit burnt out so it's very much for the projector to learn that they are here to teach the world a new way of working and instead of being the one that is deep down in there doing everything all the time it's actually better for them to be strategic efficient to observe and then to share their thinking it's very very important for projectors to um, wait for recognition because they can tend to move through life feeling a little bit unseen a little bit unheard um, because if they're expressing their strategic opinions in the wrong place it can sometimes be unwelcome so then we have the last one is the reflector. So the reflector is just 1%. And obviously they're the rarest and they're very rare. In fact, you don't often come across a reflector. And their experience can be completely unlike anybody else's and even unlike each other. They have all nine energy centers in the body open. So this is as it sounds. They are able through those energy centers to receive in energy in every single part of the chart. What they do is they hold that energy, they amplify it and they can express it back out. So reflectors can very much reflect the mood and the tone of the room. They can be the highest energy, the loudest, the fastest moving, the happiest. They can also be the lowest, the most melancholy because if they're feeling and holding on to energies of other people, then that becomes their reality. So it's very important that they learn to be a screen and not a sponge. And reflectors can often be quite dramatic. They can be emotionally intense. They are people that bond very, very deeply. And they, they can sometimes be seen, you know, be seen in performer roles, for example, because they are able to understand the truth of other people so inherently into their bones. They were traditionally here to reflect 
the wellness or the sickness of the tribe. If you have a reflector in your family and they're healthy and happy, you're doing well as a family and vice versa. Wow. Fascinating. (laughs) And uh, I think it's so beautiful how these energy types all kind of, they go hand in hand to, to like create the society like we're yeah. all we're all unique but we're all needed in the society as a complement to each other mm. exactly it's exactly that we cannot have 100% manifestors we cannot have 100% projectors it we need this perfect balance and it evolves and changes as we're growing too much in one direction which i love yeah so i was thinking it would be a good idea to ask the listeners now to mm-hmm. um, pull out their own charts if they haven't already. Yes. Um, and you rec- which re- uh, website do you recommend to do this? There's several you can use that are free, but I recommend mybodygraph.com. It's free, it's simple, and it gives some great resources for you to start reading into your own chart. Yeah, great. Um, So, yeah, so to all the listeners, if you would like to pull out your own chart as well, and then you can go back and listen to to your type as well later on, um, because we were thinking that we're going to like base the rest of the conversation around my chart because I'm a generator. So I'm assuming that many of the listeners will probably also be generators. So it makes sense um, for that purpose as well. Um, and then we will try to keep the conversation just um, fairly general so that people um, who are listening can relate to what we're talking about as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, so the first thing that you do when you pull out your chart, you need to fill in the, the time, um, time of birth, place of birth, and also the date of birth. Yeah, um, exactly. What what can you do if you don't have your time of birth? So if you don't have your time of birth, you can start with a couple of things. I would phone the hospital where you were born and see if they have a record. If you cannot find a record anywhere, you can um, have a session with an experienced astrologer who will do a chart rect- rectification for you. Um, and also, you may not even need to go to that extent. Human design, unlike astrology, can sometimes move quite a fair few hours before there's anything changed in the chart at all. Sometimes you can go a 24-hour period, and it will only come between two or three changes. And with an experienced practitioner, um, I, for example, would be able to sit with somebody, and I'd be able to put those three or four charts together and ask a couple of questions to lead us in the direction, and then you'd be able to pinpoint it quite quickly. Every now and again, the chart will tra- change dramatically, at which point it's more difficult, but it's it's not so common. Okay. And so when I now have my my chart in front of me, like what what's the first thing that that you look for and that you can like tell from from my chart as a generator? So when I open up somebody's chart, I have their energy type. I have a profile. A profile is very much a learning style and a kind of character for somebody somebody's life and then I look to the nine energy centers to see where they're open to conditioning and where they're more defined where you have open energy centers 
like I said, you're receiving in energy and you have a more variable experience. Where you have definition or colored in sections of your chart as you're looking at it, that's where you're fixed, that's where your personality and purpose lies. And that's where you're projecting out into the world. So if I just start by looking at the centers in your chart, a really, really quick scan would tell me that the four centers that you have open, interestingly, you have three quite empathetic centers open, the three places where we would see empathy. And by empathy, I maybe have a slightly different uh, way of understanding this than other people. But for me, empathy is when you are receiving energy into your body as if it is your own. There is actually, it's very difficult to distinguish, for example, what might be your truth and somebody else's truth until you learn to play with this energy and understand what it means for you. So one thing that does jump out to me is that you have an open spleen, you have an open emotional solar plexus. I'm showing you that's the one on the left is the spleen, the one on the right is the solar plexus. And then you have in the center, the, um, um, the G center or the identity center. This tells me that in your emotional solar plexus, you are receiving in emotions from other people. In your own natural state, you could be quite level-headed, you could be quite consistent in your emotions. And you are able, when making decisions, to actually take the emotion out of it and not to be reactive, but to make a logical decision-making process. However, you have a completely open emotional solar plexus. When you're in the energy of other people or in a relationship, you're receiving in people's joy, people's sadness, and you can carry that with you as if it's your own. So it's really important for you that you set those boundaries, that you learn to be in your own space so that you can decompress from that energy. I also noticed that your solar plexus isn't connected to your throat, which tells me that you are somebody who would probably have grown up finding it quite difficult to speak about your emotions and would in some way avoid confrontation and truth because it's painful. So yeah. Is, it, yeah, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally correct. Just to just to first um, kind of explain to anyone who's who doesn't have their chart in front of them. So so we're looking now at uh, basically an image of a person, and these nine centers are um, spread out um, over this body. So it's it's fairly similar to like the chakra system, but it differs a little bit. So, um, so that's what we're referring to when we're talking about the, or do you call them energy centers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like what you say about <clears throat> um, me being uh, like empathetic and like feeling people's emotions. That's something that I've actually just recently realized that I, that I have always carried people's emotions with me. Mm -hmm. I haven't understood that I'm so sensitive and picking up on people's energies. And I've mm -hmm. always just thought that others, like that's how it is. Like, mm -hmm. why don't why don't you also sense that energy <laughs> walking into this room? But like yeah. not everyone does. No, they don't. And for you, it's just really good to know that when you do feel a change in emotional balance, there is a source, be that another person or be that something that's happened in your day. So you can really go to the bottom of that source, whereas somebody else might have a completely different experience. And then the other place is you're very empathetic in your spleen. So here on the left, the triangle, 
Um, where you are opening your spleen, this is generally somebody who could be quite sensitive in their body, somebody who is more attuned to alternative therapies rather than a harsh Western medicine because they feel everything that goes out of alignment. You could be, you know, you can know when you've eaten the wrong thing. You can really feel when your body changes um, internally. Now, this can make you also a little bit medically empathetic. This can mean that you can feel other people's um, energy and pains or you know kind of aches inside their body this can we see um, this can be a healing energy so we see often with the open spleen you might get somebody who moves into the medical profession or the energy healing profession because they sense and feel other people's misalignment and they, they know instinctively how to change it when you're attuned don't get me wrong, in the low expression, of course, this could be really difficult, but we do see with this level of empathy, somebody who might like to go into the healing arts. And then the other open empathetic center I see is the G center or otherwise known as the identity center in the middle. This is where the direction that your life can take can be extremely malleable. You are somebody that has an entire buffet of multiple cuisines to choose from, as opposed to somebody else who may simply have a menu and their life is presented to them on a menu. And that is by no means limiting. It's just more designed to keep them on the track of who they are. For somebody who has a center open in this way, there is a huge amount of exploration and that might be exploration in your career, in your style, in um, and in places you live. This is, a, this is a geographical alignment. These people tend to move a lot. They tend to move their home around a lot. They need to feel extremely grounded in their space. And that I would give that tip to anybody who has an emotional, uh, sorry, an open identity center is to always look around at your space and make sure that you're feeling aligned and safe and present in there because you're receiving the energy of the environment in. You're receiving the energy of other people's identities and truth into your body. So it's, it's important for you that you have a grounding in your own space so that you don't merge into other people's and so that you can feel really secure and kind of two feet planted on the ground. So I think that's one thing that really stands out for me in your chart is the having the three identity, the three empathy centers open, which I think gives you a lot of healing qualities and a lot of sensitive qualities as well. This makes so much sense. I'm like mind blown. <laughs> um, it's, so, it's so interesting that you can get that from my chart because it's something like when I'm doing Reiki energy healing um, it's actually something like I can feel so strongly the client that I have in front of me I feel their pain in my body mm -hmm. um, and first I, I thought that that was something that like I'm doing something wrong or like I need to set more like clearer boundaries like I shouldn't take on their energies um, mm -hmm. and make them my own but I've also just realized that like during the session, I will feel their pain and um, mm -hmm. I like I will get dizzy and almost like sometimes I feel like fainting almost because the energies get so strong. Um, yeah, that's incredible. But that's your that's your gift to other people. Boundaries for you are, of course, important to ensure that you step out of that space. But that is and it sounds to me that you are just really attuned to that gift as the
opposed to blocking it out or disregarding it. So. Yeah. So um, are these are these uh, general things that like if if anyone else also have these centers open, these are general for for everyone. So the centers are very general, but it's still you can have a center open or defined, which will give it two different um, kind of versions. You can also be deeply conditioned. Now, if you were to grow up in an environment with uh, somebody who, let's say, was extremely dramatic and emotionally intense, even though you are not designed to be that way, you could be you could be received as the most emotionally dramatic um, person that everybody knows because you're conditioned. So even though these, I would say, yes, the, the centers are general and you can look into your chart and see if it's open or defined and there is a meaning there. One, understand your own conditioning of what that center represents because that will change things, but also, the whole chart tells a picture. So for example, you could have eight centers defined and you could just be open emotionally. And then I would see that you're receiving other people's emotionally. But because I already see that you have three empathetic centers defined open, I, I know other things about you. I know that you're receiving so much more than that. I know that you're gonna be very sensitive. I know that you could probably move into a space such as energy healing with complete authenticity. And then I can start to move away from the centers and marry it up with energies that come through in the gates or the planets. And that's where the picture starts to build. But yes, you can absolutely start with your centers and understand each one. And if you have one that feels like something that really affects you, just stay with that one, leave the others and just work one layer at a, at, at a time. Mm. Yeah, and like looking at this, I'm just realizing that like it's so much, um, it's it's very in-depth, um, obviously. Um, but so um, so just to, to keep it general, like if, if you're a generator, um, what what would be some main guidelines for um, a generator to kind of live, to live in alignment? So the generators have some really clear uh, tools to follow, if you like. So it's really all based around this big, red, beautiful square in the middle of the chart called the sacral center. Um, and as I said before, this is the motor. This is what gives you the energy for workforce and life force. This says, Spend your energy and be occupied and in love with everything that you're doing. This says you will succeed in life if you follow the joy of what lights up your sacral center. So to make that a bit more specific, each type has a strategy and an authority. A strategy really speaks into the way that you are designed to create and take action. And your authority really speaks into the way that you are then designed to make decisions. So the strategy, we touched on this earlier for the generator, is to respond. Now, I love this, and I think it's such a beautiful way to just play with everything that's going on in your reality. To respond means that 
you should not initiate action on something that lives only inside of your head. Now, the reason for that is not to restrict you or trap you. It is actually, it's a support and a guide, and it's an attempt to just slow people down long enough to ensure that they are moving onto the correct path, that they have the right energy, that they're, they're doing this for the correct reasons. Um, because what usually happens, particularly for generators, because you guys have got this very yang forward momentum energy, you get an idea, you run down the road, and before you know it, the idea is being put into action. But because generators have this level of energy to spend, they can find themselves moving through life quitting things. They can have a tendency to quit too soon, let's say. And it's because they kind of spraying and praying their energy. And um, they have so many interests and things that they want to do. But they might get halfway down the road and realize it wasn't the correct path for them. So to respond means that you receive the idea in your head, in your body, you feel it, you nurture it just long enough to wait for it, uh, a synchronicity or a sign to come through in your external reality. Now, for the generator who's in alignment, the waiting is not long and the signs are plentiful. This could be a conversation with a friend, an advert on the TV, an email in your inbox, social media and it confirms your brain don't overthink it allow yourself to be really really simple and and some generators say you know i don't understand what was that a sign if you're struggling to know when to take action and you can't decide if you're forcing simply ask for the sign and wait for it to arrive so to give you an example maybe a generator is sitting at work and they want to they get the idea they they want a holiday the wrong thing to do would be to open their laptop go on google book a holiday the right thing to do would be to walk, you know, have the idea, carry on with work, walk home. And on their journey home, they see a billboard that says Jamaica. And they're like, okay, noted. And then they get home and they switch on the telly and it says there's an advert on Jamaica. They have a conversation with their partner who says, have you ever been to Jamaica? And they go, okay, got you. Heard it loud and clear, Jamaica. It's really, it's a, such a beautiful support and a way of really playing with everything that's going on around you. Um, so that's one thing that they can do, which is so key to helping them minimize frustration when things aren't going their way and to understand which path to follow rather than blindly following too many things at once. And the next thing they can do is to follow their sacral center. The sacral is like, um, it's their gut reaction. It is their compass and it is their absolute truth in life. It's a little bit difficult sometimes for adults, generators to tap into this energy, but essentially we want you as generators to be in your body, not in your head. When generators are up in their mind and they are trying to understand things and make decisions, your mind is a very, very good computer and it is very overwhelming to be in there trying to force those decisions and um, ideas into reality. Your body, however, will not lie. When you start to listen to that gut reaction, that feeling that tells you, yes, go that way. No, don't go that way. Everything becomes much easier. So really start to, I want generators to do whatever they need to do to come into their body. And that can mean relaxing. That can mean eating the right foods. That can mean dancing, releasing and moving energy. And then start to listen to those cues. And that is a really great way for generators to um, understand what's right for them and understand what to leave behind and how to use their big, beautiful energy to be well spent.
Yeah, I love that. And it really resonates. It's, uh, yeah, like I told you before that it's the main thing that I picked up from my chart that I have seen such amazing results in my life when I, when I started following this, this guideline. And um, I've been thinking about it as well. I think it, it feels like it has a lot to do with the masculine and the feminine, feminine energy, like you say, the young energy that all my life I have had a tendency to be in my masculine energy but it's just Mm -hmm. the last few months that I have learned to lean into my feminine energy and Mm -hmm. it's amazing how things change in my life and have changed um, once I started slowing down and just trusting that the things the things I want in my life or the things um, I'm asking for will come to me if I just have patience and don't rush things. Um, And I started noticing this after my burnout, actually, because it's also interesting that I got a burnout because I've always been in my masculine energy and never, never just um, allowing this flow of the feminine energy to guide me. But after my burnout, I I couldn't be in the masculine energy and I've just had to slowly um, take on this more feminine energy. And um, yeah, I'm seeing very good results and I feel so much more in alignment now than I've ever done in my life. So it makes yeah, a lot I of love sense. That. Yeah, I love that. And I really believe that a burnout is kind of a cosmic pause, a way of saying, look, you keep pushing on this path and it just isn't going to make you happy. Why don't you slow down just for a moment and figure out what what might be more aligned to you? And I, I love that. Yeah, I think it's human design wants us to slow down just long enough to observe what's possible and to observe something we might be missing if we were rushing too fast. But you're speaking of the yang and the masculine, it's conditioning, isn't it? It's it's where we've come from in society. And I think we're moving into a space now where the feminine is becoming so much stronger. And that's that's a really positive thing for all the reasons you just said. Yeah, definitely. And I was thinking about this uh, sacral authority as well. Um, I've, I've read somewhere that it's really, um, that you can even start like practicing this by listening to your uh what do you say like your response like uh uh-uh or mm -hmm. yes Um, so the sacral responds to yes no questions and it actually responds to sounds you as a generator are designed to be an instinctive being who releases sound before language and that is because sound is truth language is the mind And that is if a generator can allow themselves to step back into a space where they may have once been a child who did say, "Uh uh uh-huh, you know, this is the instinctive nature of the response of a generator rather than, yes, well, maybe if I do that, no, you're in the mind. That's not truth. It's logic. And that is absolutely the way that generators are designed to respond is with yes, no, and not open-ended questions. Interesting. And um, is this the same as you're following your intuition, the gut response? It's not. They, The spleen represents intuition, and there absolutely is a place for intuition in, um, in human design and in the human experience. But intuition, 
And the sacral center, we do try to separate. They can feel and sound very similar because they can be a very in the moment response. But the sacral center is much more of a feeling, whereas intuition can be much more of um, an, an idea, language, a, you know, a pulse dropped into your mind. It's something that's a bit more of a, a clear vocal guidance. Like, for example, somebody who's splenic defined might sit in their car one day, they don't have their seatbelt on, and all of a sudden the 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 intuition in their mind says to them, put your seatbelt on. And then they get to the end of the road and they bump into another car and they go, wow, that was my intuition. Whereas the circle is responding in each and every moment. Do you want pasta? Yes. Do you want broccoli? No. It's not, it's different. It's subtly different. They're both reactive. They're both in the moment and they can absolutely change their mind, especially intuition. Intuition is very in the moment. So it can tell you in the moment quickly take a left not a right and but then when you go on to the next road that moment's gone and something else is happening whereas the sacral center will be more of a truth for a longer term in terms of do I love my partner no I don't that's not going away you know all right yeah and and maybe it's also more like in response to um to actual situations that are showing up for you whereas the intuition is more like um Magic. Create, create yeah exactly like creating situations perhaps that are coming from the intuition or avoiding exactly. situations or yeah exactly yes okay yeah that make that makes sense yeah that's something I definitely need to practice because I know that I can be a bit um vague uh in myself and also towards others so like yeah. being more clear with what I want and what I don't want Ask other people to ask you yes, no questions. If people are giving you open-ended, that's where you might be vague. And that is what you will find for a generator. If you give them all the choice in the world, they don't know how to choose. If you give them a yes, no, they, they instinctively know what they want. Mm. Yeah, that also makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, okay, so hmm. what else can you tell from my chart that would be interesting also for others to to learn so you know one thing I find super interesting because we are on a podcast right now uh, is that you have an awful lot of activation around your throat center and you have somebody with a defined throat throat tends to have quite a fixed communication style and they have some ability to project their voice and be heard but your particular communication channels are very interesting you've got I'll give it to you in brief but you've got somebody who could definitely hold a lot of opinions and have the ability to transform people's ways of thinking through voicing and speaking and sharing those opinions and in essence opening up uh, new possibilities for us to discuss Then you have the voice of the storyteller, somebody who's designed to engage sensually with the world and play back stories of their experiences. You have the channel, which means that you could also sometimes find yourself speaking somewhat unconsciously because the words are being delivered through you because of something that you know or have felt in your body. Uh, there can be a shyness in this channel sometimes. And you also have the gate of retelling. You, This is somebody who is designed to hear and absorb stories from the world around you and then figure out how to articulate those in a new narrative with a, an empowered language. Mm 
Um, you have a creative expression, which is somebody who's designed to express through creation. And that can mean anything from your voice to writing to playing the guitar, anything to you that feels like a small expression of who you are, you are designed to put that out into the world and that's how you find yourself. And you have the voice of a leader who could be a very democratic, fair voice of the people. So I find it very interesting that you have so much so much throughout activation and that they all speak really beautifully into this kind of podcast scenario because of course you want to speak and share and you're actually here to hear things and express them back out so that's pretty cool as well yeah exactly wow that that's so funny that the podcast is it's coming from that exact energy like you say like sharing stories and uh discussing different topics and like spreading knowledge and just um yeah in, in a playful way as well and uh yeah with the creativity like you say I've been uh, DJing like I've been into music for several oh, years yeah okay yeah um so it makes a lot of sense <laughs> you've got lots of creativity in your chart I would encourage you to really lean into your creativity your creative expression be that writing art anything that is taking something and turning it into something new. There's a lot of mutative energy in your chart for sure. Yeah, that's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I noticed that we soon have to wrap up this conversation. This went so fast, crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but I was thinking, um, just to kind of uh, also wrap it up for um, for everyone listening, what would be some um, general advice like when when they look at their charts, um, what can they do? Oh well, that's very general. But is there something? No, that's it's a still a good yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good question. I think the first thing I would say is find out your birth information and run yourself a chart. And the second thing I would say is don't get overwhelmed by the chart, but begin with your energy type. There is so much to learn and understand about your energy type. I've been with human design for years now, and I still, still speak into the fact that I am a projector and it gives me so much understanding as to who I am and why I'm here. And it doesn't really matter what else exists in your chart. If you're not able to master yourself as the energy type that you are, everything else becomes a little bit void. So really take it by layers so I would first get your chart second I would find out your energy type and if you're resonating and you're interested find somebody that you connect with a teacher and follow them interact with them read their blogs or go on their Instagram page or listen to their podcast or have a reading but take each layer one bit at a time when human design comes into your life it is my experience that it comes once twice three times keeps coming until eventually you actually go into it and you understand its depth but you don't learn it once and all of a sudden you're like an aligned you know perfect being I wish that was true but you learn it over time you integrate it and at different times in your life you'll you'll lean on other energies more than others and you'll speak into other energies more than others so I would say meet yourself where you're at Start with your type and then add on layer by layer, depending on what your needs are and find somebody that you resonate with that can express it to you in a way that feels tangible. 
That's great advice. And it's actually exactly how it happened for me. Like I came across human design, like, like, yeah, seven months ago or something like that, like last year. And I looked into it and I was like, oh, this is a little bit overwhelming, but still interesting. So I've like had it in the back of my mind. And then it um, has just kind of popped up in my life. And being a generator, I've started noticing these synchronicities and signs from the universe and I'm like okay now I need to look into this mm -hmm. and uh, and then you popped up in my life as well so um yeah, so I think exactly. uh, it's time for me to dive even deeper into this and uh, this conversation with you just makes me even more eager to learn more um because right. I am um yeah like we talked about earlier as well to that I my my future is very vague and open and I'm sort of looking for my purpose and meaning in life so I think this mm -hmm. would make a lot of sense to to get a reading and mm -hmm. uh, some guidance and just general advice in in life to live more mm -hmm. in alignment absolutely a lot of people come to it for purpose and it's a it's a great one to come to it for yeah yeah um so just uh if you want to tell me a little bit about what a reading like how um what your reading contains and um if if uh, people want to contact you uh how that would work yeah thank you so mostly um as far as social media goes i interact on instagram so it's soul stories hd um, my business name is soul stories my website is soulstorieshd.com and you can get me in either of those places really easy. And um, I encourage anybody that's feeling called to a reading just to either get in touch with me and we can discuss their needs or to start with an initial reading. I give always before a reading um, a video of your energy type. And that is just so that people can jump in quickly so that they can play back that video as many times as they need. And so that when we come to the session, which is 90 minutes, we've got 90 minutes to just dig into their personal chart, their conditioning, their higher purpose and who they are, and really spend some time together just dissecting that and um, giving them some actionable tools to take away with them. And anybody that's feeling called to integrate it on a deeper level, then just reach out and we'll discuss what the mentoring package looks like for you. Um, and that I would say is the best place to start with me. And in time, I'll be releasing like a group coaching and other things. But um, initially, just just get in touch and just follow what I do on Instagram. And then you'll, you'll we'll, we'll go from there. Amazing. Thank you so much for this conversation. <laughs> it's been so much fun. And I wish we had... Uh, and at least an hour more to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I can talk about it for days. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will look forward to staying in contact with you and following you on Instagram. And I yeah. hope we can connect soon again. Yes, it was so nice. Thank you for inviting me today. All right. Have a great day, Sarah. Thanks. You too. Bye.